This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening, Jose? How are you? Fantastic. How are you guys? We're doing really well. What's it like for you to be traded here? Oh, it's uh, amazing, a blessing, uh, something that you know caught me by surprise. I had no idea my name was even being mentioned in the trade, uh, but I'm excited to be here, excited to help this team in its push towards the postseason. Your story is great, especially being sort of rediscovered in the Dominican League by the Kansas City Royals after being out of ball. Everyone knows famously you were driving for FedEx during COVID. I mean, it's it's really amazing. I mean, if you if you could tell that guy who's dropping off packages driving around that you would be here in in the middle of a, a playoff race at this point in your career, what what would the reaction have been? I wouldn't believe it at all. <laughs> Uh, that was a point in my life where I thought I was so far out of baseball. Um, you know, I, if somebody told me I'd be in this position I am right now, I would tell you you're lying. But I'm so happy to be here, so happy to be a part of this. When you're in the truck, what kept you going and believing that you could make it back to baseball? Well, my family. You know, my family gave me that motivation to keep pushing, to keep going through. You know, it was a tough time in my life. Um but definitely a time that prepared me for the big league. You know, you know, I dealt with a lot of adversity in my life already. So it's helped me, you know, throughout this roller coaster of, of a season, you know, the, the ups and downs, and prepared me for anything I could possibly go through here in the big leagues. How did you find this particular arm slot? Well, it was my natural arm slot from shortstop, uh, usually where I threw from to turn double plays. So when I converted to pitcher, I started initially over the top, and it didn't go well. So I uh, <clears throat> decided to change arm slots, you know, to try to create some type of deception, and it felt more natural for me. It felt my arm felt great from that slot, uh, less soreness, more natural. What do you think it does to hitters to see it from that arm slot? Oh, well, it gives them a different view. You know, uh, I rely a lot on deception. So, you know, for righties, they're seeing a ball coming from behind, from shortstop pretty much. And for a lefty, they're seeing a ball coming from so far outside. You know, so it's definitely tough to hit. I remember as a hitter, whenever I face someone throwing from this slot, I would consider myself 0 for 1. <laughs> now, when you arrive here in in Chicago, what are your initial impressions, the response from teammates, your the, the how does it feel in the clubhouse? Oh, my God, it feels amazing. Uh, everyone welcomed me with open arms. Uh, each player came up to me individually, giving me, you know, welcoming men. 
uh, Skip, the whole pitching staff, you know, strength coaches, everyone. Everyone welcomed me. You know, I felt like I was immediately a part of a family, and that felt great. What's the hardest part of, like, being on the move from one team to another? Oh, well, you know, the first thing is obviously finding a place to live, getting adapted to a new environment, um, you know, meeting my new teammates, getting comfortable with them, you know, giving them a chance to get to know me as well. And then for my family, you know, having to move from one city to the next. But it's definitely exciting. So you feel like this – because we had we were talking to a lot of Cubs fans. Like, we we joke about Wrigley Field being a an amplifier of emotion – you can already feel that, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, when from the minute I came out of that bullpen uh, two days ago, I mean, just a welcoming from fans. You know, fans knew who I was already, and that felt great. I mean, I felt like I was home. What's New York youth baseball like? Because it would seem like there aren't a lot of open spaces for you to do what you need to do. Yeah, well, New York... You know, we have tough weather. You know, we don't have the best facilities. Um, but it's definitely up and coming, you know, from the time when I was a youth, you know, we didn't have many batting cages. We didn't have, you know, facilities where we could get workout in. Uh, I took ground balls on a gym, in a gym, you know, wood floor, which is a lot different than, you know, kids down south where they take ground balls on a field or they have, you know, indoor turfs. Um, so it definitely builds character, definitely builds toughness. Uh, and now that I'm in the big leagues, you know, I I have a facility where I throw at now, but and the facilities have upgraded, you know, 100% from when I grew up. Uh, and that's something I tell these kids now. It's like, you guys have everything that we didn't have growing up, you know, to take advantage of it. You know, these facilities weren't here when I was growing up. And my but it's si- definitely made progress. Uh, Jose, my sister's family lives in Brooklyn, and my nephew played youth baseball there. And they got to, they had to drive to to get to the grass fields down by the water where they are. But there are a lot of times, a lot of practices on asphalt. A lot of times where they are just meeting up, and it, it might not be a wood floor, but there's a lot of scuffed up baseballs that get real dark because they get they get covered in asphalt. Oh yeah, yeah, and the fields are. It's terrible. You know, no one really takes care of the baseball field out there. Uh, you know, for practice, you try to find a public park. You know, if it's full, you try to find a small space in the outfield and get your work in there. Well, Jose, we really welcome you to, to Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. And you, got, you got one I, more thing? I do. I just want to ask because there is a and, – and I don't know if this is a guy you've ever heard of or, or what it's like in, in, the, in the Brooklyn baseball tradition, but there's a lot of old Cub fans right now saying, hey, come on, one, one of the most popular Cubs of all time oh, okay. is a shortstop named Sean Dunstan who was a, the first overall selection out of Jefferson High School – in the 1982 draft, super popular guy. So when I think of the the Cubs' history with Brooklyn baseball, is is that a name you even know? Not at all. Wow, <laughs> my baseball history knowledge is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Sean Dunstan. I I don't know if there's you may be the the, the second Cub who grew up in Brooklyn and, and played Brooklyn high school baseball because. He was uh, he was a real one. If, if you ever get a chance, still is too. Uh, I think you guys would uh, would enjoy each other's company, swapping stories. Oh, I would definitely look him up. Mm-hmm. Jose, thanks and good luck and good health the rest of the way. All righty, thank you guys for having me. That's Jose Quas, Cubs reliever. I was driving a truck, man. Yep. 
guy was delivering your packages. Yep. And now he's got an opportunity to to play for something big. It's nice. Yeah, and I just I like the stories of the guys who convert the sidearm because you know that was that was something we went through with the high school experience and you, know, you try it, you know, you you you're doing it, you're you're trying it. I remember a lot of guys try it in bullpens. A lot of guys are like, hey, wait a sec, but but it when a, when a coach says you're you're I'm I want you to throw a sidearm, and it's like your your future here is going to depend on your buy into this. The answer is yes. I used to love to do it playing strikeout. Like not not throw every pitch that way, but I get you in two strike territory, and then I could drop down. And if I always felt like it had the same effect as a rise ball in softball, mm-hmm. where you can really mess up the the hitter's eye level with that. And I think that that's one of the things that Quas is talking about. And I hope that he has a a good experience and that this this plays out. And now there's there's a even. It's almost like it's it's like the Cubs are playing a video game, and it's like, all right, here's the first boss, the Chicago White Sox, <laughs> Glass Joe, <laughs> and Glass Joe, Glass Joe had him down seventy two in a game, and then they had to come back and star punch his ass, mm-hmm. and and then they were fine, and then it's like, all right, your next opponent. Piston Hurricane. Here is and the don't Saint- say Piston Honda because this is the arcade version. It's Piston Hurricane. Then it got super racist with Piston Honda in the the NES, and then you go play the Cardinals and you go do that. And it's like, well, okay, you you beat the Cardinals. What about the Cincinnati Reds? Bald bull. Then they yakatowed them mm-hmm. out of town. They broke the Reds. You got a, you got the manager of the Reds being like, you know what I'm getting ready to do. <laughs> that was hilarious last night. Watch <laughs> this. Rubble, 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 rubble. He did he did like a Lou Pinella bit. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get thrown out of here. You wanna see me fire my team up? <laughs> That was so transparent. <laughs> You're out of here. No, I'm not. I'm out of here. You're out of here. You're out of order. This this, this whole baseball game's out of order. Like if you're a player on that bench, you're like, man, come on, skip, 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 skip. So so you go and you take care of business against the Reds. It's like, and now you get to meet the boss, boss. Yeah, this is this is the real one. This is Mr. Sandman. Yeah. So it's it's. It's good, and but you do have to remember, it's only a regular game series, a regular season series. Yeah, but you're allowed to have it feel like it's more. If That's the if point. if they win, it's more. what I'm saying is if it's win, keep on dancing, keep the party going. If they happen to lose this series, it doesn't mean the dream dies. That's all I'm saying. 